Welcome to the Best Practice Podcast. This is Bastian Best and in today's episode I'm going to walk you through the examination guidelines in the European Patent Office through the section on AI and machine learning. But uh, this episode is not only a simple summary of the official guidelines, but I will also give you my personal opinion as a patent attorney. And at the very end of the episode, I will share with you my best tips and tricks for how to draft AI-related patent applications so that they meet the standard defined in uh, the guidelines. Before we dive into today's topic, some housekeeping. Um, so this is a brand new podcast. In fact, it's the very first episode. And so I'm very uh, thrilled to have you here. Thanks for being a pioneer and an early adopter. Um, I, my plan is to re release a new episode every other Wednesday. So um, as I said, this is a brand new podcast. So this project really depends on your feedback. Um, if you like what you're hearing, I would be uh, thrilled if you uh, would subscribe um, in your favorite podcasting app. And uh, there's also a video version available on YouTube. So uh, you might also consider subscribing to the YouTube channel. I'll put a link into the show notes. With that out of the way, let's dive into today's topic, which is how the, uh, how the European Patent Office deals with AI and machine learning in the official examination guidelines. So uh, why should you care about the EPO guidelines in the first place? Well, the, the guidelines are really the working instructions, like the reference manual for all patent examiners at uh, the European Patent Office. Um, the guidelines provide, let's say, the practical guidance for how the actual law, which is the European Patent Convention and its implementing regulations, how that is to be applied in practice by patent examiners. Keep in mind that the EPO employs uh, roughly 4,500 examiners, so it obviously makes sense to define some sort of common baseline quality standard. But the guidelines are also equally useful for the users of the European patent system, like myself. I, as a patent attorney, when I represent clients, um, if possible, I make my arguments um, in line with what's in the guidelines because that way I can meet with the patent examiner on eye level, so to say. And um, if I make my argument consistently with the guidelines, this makes it easier for the examiner to, to agree with my argument and in the end to grant a patent. That's what I want. That's what my client wants. Um, so that's in the end a win-win situation then. Practically speaking, the EPO guidelines are a huge book with uh, roughly a thousand pages. Um, it's all available online as a PDF and as an HTML version. I'll also put links into the show notes. Um, and uh, they are revised every year to take account of new developments in, in the European case law. In 2018, a dedicated section on artificial intelligence and machine learning has been added. And that's what we're looking uh, at today. So zooming in, we're talking about the guidelines part G, patentability, chapter Roman 2, inventions, section 3, which is called list of exclusions, uh, which deals with the kind of blacklist of things that are excluded as such from patentability. One of them being mathematical methods. And as a subsection of mathematical methods, there we have section 3.3.1, artificial intelligence and machine learning. So let's have a look at this section. 
I'm gonna read it to you. It's very short, only four paragraphs. And um, it starts out with uh, a definition of AI and machine learning. And I'm reading to you, it says, Artificial intelligence and machine learning are based on computational models and algorithms for classification, clustering, regression and dimensionality reduction, such as neural networks, genetic algorithms, support vector machines, k-means, kernel regression and discriminant analysis. So here we have a very sensitive definition of, of AI and machine learning, in my opinion. Uh, it recites certain examples of, of uh, typical machine learning algorithms, classification, clustering, regression, things like that. And uh, it uh, describes the most common computational models, neural networks, support vector machines, things like that. Then comes an important statement uh, where it says, I'm citing again, such computational models and algorithms are per se of an abstract mathematical nature, irrespective of whether they can be trained based on training data. Hence, the guidelines provided in the section about mathematical methods generally applies also to such computational models and algorithms. So what does that mean? Why am I stressing this um, uh, paragraph so much? Well, it means that according to the official EPO guidelines, the very foundations of machine learning, meaning the computational and the algorithmic foundations, are non-technical, because that's, according to the EPO, pure mathematics without any technical context per se. And as you probably know, at the EPO, only the technical features of an invention can win the inventive step assessment. I won't go too much into the details of software patenting um, in Europe at this point. So if you need a brief introduction, um, there's an article on europeansoftwarepatents.com, another little side project of, of mine, europeansoftwarepatents.com. I'll also put a link uh, into the show notes. So key takeaway number one, the EPO does not grant patents for innovations in core AI, meaning innovations in the computational or the algorithmic foundations of, of artificial intelligence. Uh, for example, think about um, a, a new, completely unique type of neural network structure that because of its structure needs less training data to be trained, for example, it converges faster. Now, since the neural network and its uh, new structure are essentially mathematical constructs, the EPO will not grant a patent on this new structure per se. Although the new neural network type might, might be completely surprising and, and uh, great for any AI specialist, there won't be a European patent for that. Now, luckily, that's not the end of the story because there are mm, still two ways in which an in itself non-technical feature can still contribute to the technical character of the invention, therefore enter the, ex the examination of inventive step, um, namely if such a feature uh, meets one of two criteria. One is, in the context of AI, if the AI is applied to a field of technology. Or, the second alternative, if the invention provides a specific technical implementation of the AI. So, second key takeaway, the EPO does grant patents on technical applications of AI and for technical implementations of AI. 
Uh, we will come to concrete examples in a second, but before that, let's look again at this half sentence, which I was quoting, which says, computational models and algorithms are per se of an abstract mathematical nature, irrespective of whether they can be trained based on training data. So the guidelines here state very clearly that the fact that machine learning systems can learn from experience, they can be trained, that that's also non-technical. And here I, I really disagree because I, I don't think this is justified, uh, but I will uh, make my argument in detail later in this episode. Before that, let's read on because now comes the second paragraph. It says terms such as support vector machine, reasoning engine or neural network may, depending on the context, merely refer to abstract models or algorithms and thus do not on their own necessarily imply the use of a technical means. This has to be taken into account when examining whether the claimed subject matter has a technical character as a whole. Okay, so what this basically says is uh, that we need to be careful with the wording, especially in the claims. Fair enough. And then the third paragraph gets more practical again because here we now uh, see uh, a number of concrete examples, positive and negative examples. It starts out with a positive one. I'm reading again. Artificial intelligence and machine learning find applications in various fields of technology. So, for example, it says the use of a neural network in a heart monitoring apparatus for the purpose of identifying irregular heartbeats makes a technical contribution. So that's one example of a technical application of AI, one of the two dimensions I was talking about earlier, identifying irregular heartbeats in a cardiac pacemaker. And again, by way of its application to this technical use case, the, the AI part, the neural network, becomes technical, so to say. The, the AI is really used to solve a technical problem. Therefore, um, the AI part enters the next phase, which is the inventive step assessment. Uh, then it goes on in the guidelines. It says the classification of digital images, videos, audio or speech signals based on low-level features, for example, edges or pixel attributes for images, are further typical technical applications of classification algorithms. So here we have another positive example, um, image classification. Keep in mind that uh, this example, though, is only positive because the classification is made on low-level features, uh, so pixel values, edges in the image, low-level technical characteristics, things like that. Then we, uh, it moves on. It says classifying text documents solely in respect of their textual content is, however, not regarded to be per se a technical purpose, but a linguistic one. So another example for a classification uh, a use case of AI, but here it's non-technical because classifying documents only uh, depending on their textual content that's a linguistic um, aspect according to the EPO. Think of a spam filter that would be considered non-technical. So uh, classification algorithms are really an interesting borderline case because as we see there are technical and non-technical use cases and the borderline here is, is difficult I would say. 
the last example in the guidelines is the following I'm reading again. Classifying abstract data records or even telecommunication network data records without any indication of a technical use being made of the resulting classification is also not per se a technical purpose, even if the classification algorithm may be considered to have valuable mathematical properties such as robustness. So here in this example we see that even if technical data, data with a technical meaning is classified, here in this example it is telecommunication network data records, that doesn't do the trick alone if uh, the, that data is not used to, to, to serve any technical uh, purpose. Um, by the way, if you're looking uh, for more examples of what is considered technical and non-technical at the European Patent Office, uh, there's a little website called europeansoftwarepatents.com, uh, which has a huge database of uh, Board of Appeal decisions with uh, short and sweet summaries of the key findings. And uh, coincidentally, the website is run by me and my team at Badele. Uh, we're adding a new entry every Tuesday. That's a little uh, uh, one of our passion project in the computer science patent attorney group at Badele. So feel free to stop by. It's europeansoftwarepatents.com. I'll also put uh, a link into the, the into the show notes. Coming back to the EPO guidelines, there's one remaining paragraph where it says where a classification method serves a technical purpose the steps of generating the training set and training the classifier may also contribute to the technical character of the invention if they support achieving their technical purpose. So here um, the guidelines are admitting that if the core AI, here the classification method, is technical, then also the training is technical. So it would be possible to get an allowable claim also for a training method. So now what's my personal opinion as a patent attorney? Well. Um, I think the guidelines are a very good starting point. It's, very, it's a good thing to have official guidelines for such an important um, technolo technology. Um, it's great to have clarity about how the EPO examiners will deal with AI innovation in general. And it's also good to have concrete examples, although there could be more. Um, so overall, this certainly improves the reliability of the European patent system. Uh, on the other hand, one point of critique could be that the guidelines are not complete yet. So far, they only deal with the question of technical character. That's, of course, an important question, but it's not the only one. Uh, for example, um, enablement is, is another interesting um, topic in, in the AI realm. The question how to sufficiently disclose an AI invention in a patent application. That's not straightforward in many cases and that's still missing uh, in the guidelines. By the way, I made a whole uh, separate YouTube video about this topic, enablement of AI inventions. So if you're interested, check out uh, the YouTube video link in the show notes. My main point of critique though is that uh, the guidelines are in my opinion too restrictive. In particular, this absolute statement at the beginning that computational models and the algorithms underlying AI and machine learning are per se of an abstract mathematical nature, irrespective of whether they can be trained. That's, in my opinion, unjustified. And here's why. It's a five-step argument. Number one, so first of all, this statement is not backed by any case law. 
In fact, I'm not aware of any Board of Appeal decision that would have taken such an absolute stance and uh, there's also none cited in the guidelines uh, themselves. Secondly, in my opinion, already the inherent purpose of machine learning, namely the, the act of making a computer learn by itself without being explicitly programmed, also this inherent purpose produces a further technical effect because it equips the computer with new functionality. It, it lets it become a more powerful tool. And so already for that reason alone, in my opinion, an innovation in machine learning should be considered to contribute to the technical character. Number three, as a supporting argument, um, well, it may be true that uh, machine learning may have mathematical foundations, of course, but the purpose of the exclusion list in Article 52 EPC, also as far as it mentioned mathematical methods, the, the purpose is to exclude let's say theoretical advancements from being patented, from, from being monopolized. But machine learning is certainly applied science and many, if not most, of the, the greatest fundamental patentable inventions are based on applied scientific improvements. My fourth argument, talking about the practicability of AI, I, I think there's absolutely no denying that AI is one of the most important technological advancements we have today. And the question is, is it really the right way to exclude this technology per se from the patent system? I think it must not be excluded from uh, a policy standpoint too. And lastly, my fifth uh, point is that um, AI and machine learning is pretty similar to other domains that make heavy use of, of mathematical ideas and mathematical concepts. Mm. For example, look at telecommunications. In telecom, any math applied to the electronic communications is automatically technical. For example, a new encoding methods, new compression algorithms, mathematical error correction methods. All of those are pure math, and but they are technical when they are uh, mentioned in the context of telecommunications. So the question is really, should math applied to machine learning to provide a more powerful computer be non-technical? I don't think that that's the case. But my point is that math applied to machine learning, that's already enough to make it technical. I don't think we would need to, to force applicants to limit themselves to, to concrete uh, use cases like, I don't know, optimizing the shape of an airplane wing. That's far too specific and far too limiting. Applying math to machine learning, to the field of machine learning, that should be considered, non -te uh, considered technical already. Well, so sorry for getting into a little bit of a rage here, uh, but I really have my problems with how the guidelines brush over uh, the, the, the training and the self-learning character of, of AI. So until the guidelines will change in this respect, hopefully, um, all is left is uh, arguing with uh, EPO examiners and eventually uh, taking cases on appeal um, so that the boards of appeal can, can take a stance and can answer the question whether uh, machine learning in itself is a, a technical field. As I said, uh, there doesn't uh, seem to be any case law uh, yet on this question, so it's up to, to applicants and to patent attorneys like myself um, to fight it out on appeal. Okay, so and finally I promise to share my best tips and tricks for how to draft patent applications uh, for AI inventions. 
Um, so the, the, the first tip is uh, certainly make it sound as technical as possible. And uh, by that I don't mean uh, try to disguise something technical, uh, um, something non-technical as technical. Uh, that really isn't my point. Um, back in the days people tried to, to kind of trick patent examiners by, by putting non-technical stuff into a pseudo-technical wording, talking about modules, components, things like that that no longer works. Um, instead you should always try to to focus on the real technical advantages of the invention and uh, figure out what are really the, the, the technical benefits of the innovation and highlight these throughout the patent application as prominently as possible with as many examples and, and yeah, um, meat to the bone as possible. Um, keep in mind that in terms of AI beneficial mathematical properties per se do not help. Uh, my second tip is, even if the invention is in core AI, um, meaning it is uh, independent of any particular use case, uh, you should include as many technical application scenarios um, and use cases as possible. The more the better, um, because your patent attorney will, will need them probably um, based on the current standard as fallback positions. At some point in time, you might have uh, the, the, the choice between um, getting your application reviewed or narrowing it down, narrow, narrowing down the scope of the claims to certain technical applications of the inventive AI, and uh, which might be better than nothing. You can decide uh, when it when it comes um, to that, but um, you have to have. The, the technical use cases in the application as filed. So better yet, you should not only list um, any and all conceivable technical applications of the AI, but ideally you would also include um, higher abstraction layers on top, meaning uh, you define common umbrella terms that summarize common technical characteristics of certain specific use cases so that we have uh, a controlled abstraction hierarchy we can walk down during the, the patent examination process. The second um, dimension is of course the technical implementation details. Um, so here my tip is include as many details as possible about the, the real technical implementation or possible technical implementation variations and again explain why they are technically um, beneficial. Okay, so I think that's enough to cover in uh, this first episode. Um, in one of my seminars I, I recently discussed a whole checklist of things to consider when drafting AI-related patent applications um, and AI invention disclosures for that matter. So if you need a copy of the checklist um, just let me know. So, wrapping it all up, um, the EPO examination guidelines reflect the current examination standard for AI and machine learning inventions and um, it says that European patents are granted only for non-obvious solutions to a technical problem. The mathematical foundations of AI as such are considered non-technical by the EPO so that they, there are no patents for core AI and machine learning improvements but it is possible to patent an AI machine learning improvement limited to a technical application and it is possible to patent specific technical implementation aspects of AI and machine learning. Um, I will put all the links I mentioned in this episode into the show notes. 
And as I said, uh, many of the questions we talked about today um, are still not confirmed by, by the Board of Appeal or are even uh, completely unanswered. So there's still much room for, for discussion and for exploring the boundaries of software patentability. Okay, uh, I hope you found value in this episode. If so, please do me a favor and uh, subscribe to this podcast um, in your favorite podcasting app and also check out the YouTube channel where there are video versions of uh, this podcast. Then please go tell a friend or a colleague who is involved in AI and machine learning innovations. And finally, um, I would be really thrilled if you uh, leave a comment, send me a message, let me know what you think, um, how you how useful you found this information and uh, also what you want me to cover in the future. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon.